Come out to the coast. We'll get together, have a few laughs. What was briefly yours is now mine. You should not have come back. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am Gamer Dude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. Today we're talking about movies again. Longtime listeners know I'm a big fan of movies, big fan of TV, big fan of games. I like to talk about all of those things. And today I decided to focus on movies again. Now, this isn't one of my episodes where we talk about movie tropes. We have more of those. Don't worry, we'll save those for another episode. But I got to thinking this week, after having watched Loki on Disney+, Plus, I got to start thinking about movies. And specifically movie franchises, movie series, movies based on the same characters that repeat over and over. Because the Marvel Universe is really kind of a unique thing, or so I thought. I mean, you can talk about the Marvel Universe, and you have all of the characters, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, and they all have their movies... Iron Man 1, 2, and 3, Captain America 1, 2, and 3. I know they have different titles, but they're all Captain America movies. Thor 1, 2, and 3. But they're all part of this giant franchise, the Marvel franchise. And I started thinking, wow, that's kind of unique to have so many movies all in one franchise. Now, before I go too far down that road, this isn't an episode about Marvel. No, what this episode is about is about movie franchises, because the movie franchise of the Marvel Universe is huge. And I started thinking, wow, what a unique thing that is, having such a huge franchise and just spinning off movies and spinning off movies and creating new worlds and using the same characters and concepts. But then I started digging into it a little, and it's really not that unique. Now, I'm not going to analyze every movie franchise that there is, because as I was doing my research for this episode, I discovered there are tons of movie franchises. So, as I was researching, I was trying to establish rules. Well, what constitutes a franchise? Is it two movies? Is it three movies? Is it four movies? Is it three movies with a reboot? I'm not sure exactly what constitutes a movie franchise. And I'm going to use Batman as an example. Batman movies have been around forever, but they have different Batmen. Is that the way to say it? Maybe not. Maybe it's Batmans. But the Batman franchise has spawned at least a dozen movies, both live action and animated. So does that count as a franchise? I mean, Marvel has 14 different movies in phase one, plus the TV series. But Batman has movies dating back to 1966. And that's not counting things that were in the movie theaters back in the 30s and the 40s, those little shorts that they would show. But if you look at the first Batman movie, 1966, that was a movie they made based on the TV show that was big in the 60s. That's when Adam West was playing Batman and you had Catwoman and Joker and Riddler and all those characters showing up every week. And they were all in the 1966 movie called Batman the Movie. Then you had that whole Batman series in the 80s and the 90s. Michael Keaton played Batman first, which, by the way, in my opinion, probably still the best Batman movie. Then you had Batman Returns, Batman Forever, that's where Val Kilmer jumped in. Then Batman and Robin, that's George Clooney. Then you had some animated movies, Batman the Mask of the Phantasm, Batman the Killing Joke. Even the Lego Batman movie is an animated movie, technically. Then you've got Batman the Dark Knight trilogy, where Christian Bale is, I'm Batman. I mean, Batman's been around forever. That's a huge franchise. And they just keep making Batman movies. Superman's not much different. How many Superman movies are there? I mean, the original Superman movie, 1978, Christopher Reeve. Back then, they named movies very simply. Superman, Superman 2, Superman 3. Then they added one, Superman 4. They actually put a subtitle on it, The Quest for Peace. And then they revived Superman. 
Superman Returns in 2006. Man of Steel. And that's not counting any of the stuff in the DC Extended Universe. So Superman's been around for a while. So I started thinking, well, it must be superhero movies. Superhero movies lend themselves to these franchises. And then without even digging into it, I realized, you know, that's not true at all. Sure, there are superhero franchises. X-Men, Wolverine, Transformers, technically not a superhero, but you get my point. But then I started thinking about it even further. Horror movies? Horror movies spawn franchises all the time. Now, just off the top of my head, I came up with this list of horror franchises. One of the first ones that I became aware of, Final Destination. That's one where people luckily or coincidentally avoid death in the opening sequence and then they all wind up dying at the end. Oh, I know. Spoiler alert. Sorry. But that's the premise of the Final Destination movies. At least four of those. How about the Child's Play franchise? Chucky the Killer Doll? How many of those were there? Friday the 13th? Halloween? Nightmare on Elm Street? They've all been going on forever. Saw. Saw is getting rebooted. I mean, I guess the Saw movies are limited only by the imagination. How many ways can you get people to cut parts of their bodies off? Scream? How many screams were there? Even Scary Movie. There was at least five Scary Movie episodes. Some were better than others, but they kept coming out with Scary Movie movies. So I started thinking about it. Okay, superheroes, Scary Movies. Yeah, lots of franchises there. And then I realized, you know, it's everything. Everything. Everything is a franchise. I know, I'm overstating it. Not every movie is a franchise. There wasn't a sequel to Lincoln. There's no Schindler's Other List. There's no Come Hell or High Water 2. There's no sequel to The Firm called The Other Firm. I mean, John Grisham wrote a lot of books and they've been turned into movies, but that's not the same thing. Some movies stand alone, but so many movies are franchises, and you don't always think about that. I mean, the obvious ones, Harry Potter. Not only was Harry Potter a franchise, but they made the last movie, which was based on the last book, two movies, probably because they didn't want to kill off the franchise. That's why they have dangerous beasts and where to find them, too. They're trying to milk that cow for as much as they can. Star Wars, of course. One of the biggest franchises ever. And that's a franchise that has spanned 40 years. Now, I'm not saying the movies have all been good in all of these franchises, but they exist and they continue to make money. How about the Fast and Furious franchise? We're up to Fast and Furious 9. One of the stars, Paul Walker, died, and they still keep making the movies. They have spinoffs for that, Hobbs and Shaw. Not only do they have a franchise, they are spinning off another franchise. How about Mission Impossible? Tom Cruise has made at least six of those. And speaking of a star who's making sequels, Sylvester Stallone has two of the biggest franchises ever. You've got the Rocky franchise. There was Rocky 1 through 5, then Rocky Balboa. Then they switched over to Creed, where Rocky became the coach. I mean, Rocky has been going on for 40 years as well. He also has the First Blood franchise. I call it the First Blood franchise because that's the original Rambo movie. It was called First Blood. It was never called Rambo. It was called First Blood. That was a great standalone movie, but they turned it into a franchise. And we just had the most recent chapter in that episode, like two years ago. Rambo Last Blood. But that's another franchise that kept going and going and going. And what about Arnold? How many Terminator movies has Arnold Schwarzenegger been in? He hasn't been in all of them. They actually made a Terminator movie with basically only his image. That was the one with Christian Bale in it. But the Terminator franchise has been around forever too. And they just made another chapter in that one just last year. So I got to thinking about all of these franchises. And I started making a list. And I was surprised, number one, at how many movies are on the list. And number two, how many I haven't seen. Because I watch movies all the time. 
You would think that I'd watch at least one or two of the entries in these franchises. Some of them I have. But for instance, Medea. I'm sure you've heard of the Medea movies. Did you know there's 10 Medea movies? I've seen none of them, but they keep coming. Tyler Perry keeps making movies and people keep watching them. And those movies make money. I couldn't believe there's 10 of them. How about the Pirates of the Caribbean? How many of those have they made? I saw the first two. I think they're up to six. Resident Evil. Now, I don't know if that counts as a horror movie franchise or an action movie franchise, but whatever it is, I've seen none of them. But how many Resident Evil chapters are there? What about the Vacation movies? I saw the original Vacation movie. I love Christmas Vacation. I've tried to watch European Vacation. I've tried to watch the Las Vegas Vacation. They're horrible. Unwatchable. But there's four movies in that franchise right there. As I was putting my list together, I was shocked that I'd forgotten one of my favorite franchises of all time. Star Trek. Star Trek was a TV series that lasted three seasons in the 1960s. Since then, it spawned 11 movies based on the original series or The Next Generation, and then three more movies to reboot the franchise. So that's 14 movies in the Star Trek franchise. Now, for me, I only watched the first six from the original series with Captain Kirk. I was never a fan of Next Generation, so I've actually never seen any of the Next Generation movies. And then I did see the two reboots, the first two reboots, I should say, Star Trek and Star Trek Into Darkness. But it's hard for me to watch the reboots because they don't work for me because it's William Shatner and Captain Kirk. That's it for me. I don't need to reboot it. I like the originals just fine. But the movie industry, they're fine with reboots. If they have a name that people recognize and they can keep getting money off of the name, let's keep making the movies. And so they do. And Star Trek continues. So when I realized how many Star Trek movies there are, I started digging deeper into the history of movie franchises. And I realized there are a lot of franchises that I'm very familiar with that you may not be. And I realized there are a lot of franchises that I really liked. Indiana Jones, three really good movies and one clinker. We don't talk about Indiana Jones 4. I don't consider that an Indiana Jones movie. I consider that a money grab. I only count Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade as the only real Indiana Jones movies. That Crystal Skull fiasco, forget it. But the Indiana Jones franchise is a really good franchise if you limit yourself to the first three movies. The Die Hard franchise. The first three I really enjoyed, even though two is technically a reboot of the first one, except instead of being in a tower, it's in an airplane. John McClane has to save the day, and he does. Live Free or Die Hard, the fourth one was pretty good. Honestly, I haven't seen the fifth one, A Good Day to Die Hard. Because for me, you know, you milk a franchise only so far. I should probably watch A Good Day to Die Hard at some point because I did watch the first four. I mostly enjoyed them. But the Die Hard series, another franchise that's been around since basically the 1980s. Now here's a franchise you probably don't think of as a franchise so much. But the Planet of the Apes movies have been around since the 1960s. The original Planet of the Apes movie came out in 1968. There were originally five movies in that series. Planet of the Apes, Beneath the Planet of the Apes, Escape from the Planet of the Apes... Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, Battle for the Planet of the Apes. They popped out five movies in basically five years. Then they did a remake in the early 2000s called Planet of the Apes. And then about ten years later, they spawned three more movies. Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, War for the Planet of the Apes. I've seen none of those. I remember watching the original two when they would come on TV in the afternoons. And I thought they were neat movies. But there's nine Planet of the Ape movies out there. Bet you didn't know that. There's another franchise that's out there that people overlook sometimes, probably because Mel Gibson is a part of it. 
But if you can separate yourself from any feelings you might have about Mel Gibson, the guy can act. And Mel Gibson was really good in the Lethal Weapon franchise. There was four Lethal Weapon movies. They were really good. The first two, the best two of the bunch. Some people say Lethal Weapon 2 is actually better than Lethal Weapon 1. I tend to disagree with that. And 3 and 4 weren't horrible, which I guess is pretty good for the 3rd and 4th chapters in a franchise. But the Lethal Weapon franchise is one of two that Mel Gibson is a part of. The other franchise, underrated in my opinion, and again, you have to divorce yourself from Mel Gibson, but the original Mad Max movies were really, really entertaining, good, post-apocalyptic fun. Okay, maybe fun is an overstatement, talking about an apocalypse, but they were really good action movies. The first three, Mad Max, Mad Max the Road Warrior, and Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, very entertaining movies for their time. I liked all three of those movies. The original one, probably the most disturbing because it was so real-seeming. Two and three were more cartoony for me, so they were more like action-adventure movies set in the world that I would never know. The first one struck home a little more closely. But the original Mad Max movies were really good. They rebooted Mad Max back in 2015. That was Mad Max Fury Road. It was an okay movie. I know people love that movie. I know people love that movie more than the original. I'm not one of those people. I mean, it had Charlize Theron in it, so it was fine with me. Anytime you put Charlize in a movie, I'm happy with that. It had Tom Hardy in it. He's good. I generally like him. But overall, the movie didn't do it for me. I like the original Mad Max trilogy better. But that's a franchise that's out there. If you want to dig into a post-apocalyptic world, Mel Gibson did a great job with the Mad Max franchise. As I was putting this list together, I dug back into the movies that I've watched in my lifetime, and I came up with some franchises that you may not even be aware of, or you may not have heard of them. And so I'm going to give them to you so you can look them up if you want to. All of these franchises are dated. They are reflections of the period of time in which they were made. Now, only one of them is still ongoing, the James Bond franchise. And for whatever reason, people tend to forget James Bond. But James Bond has been around in movies for almost 60 years. The first James Bond movie came out in 1962, Dr. No. That was Sean Connery as James Bond, probably one of the best Bond movies. And since then, there's been 24 James Bond movies, basically one every two or three years. Now, I'm not saying the James Bond movies are great movies. I'm not saying it's a great franchise. I mean, I love James Bond. I love spy movies. I love gadgets. I like twists and plots. I love big bad guys. I love the hero trying to outsmart the big bad guy and get him at the end. And sure, it doesn't hurt that James Bond is populated with lots of Bond girls, especially for younger gamer dude. When I was watching the James Bond movies in the 70s, getting any chance to watch girls run around in bikinis with James Bond, that made me happy. And the quality of the James Bond movies has changed over the years. And it's also been dependent on who the James Bond was. Sean Connery, Roger Moore, Pierce Brosnan, George Lazenby played him one time, Timothy Dalton, and of course the current James Bond, Daniel Craig. I've liked all of the Bonds to varying degrees. Sean Connery is my favorite, but I love Daniel Craig. I love his take on the character. And one of the problems with the Bond movies is there's a lot of outdated characterizations. There's a lot of sexism. There's a lot of misogyny in them. They're not politically correct. I mean, when one of the titles of your movie is Octopussy, when one of your female characters is named Dr. Goodhead, when another female character is named Pussy Galore, you can sense some of the problems with the movies. But if you can get past that, and if you can get past some of the silliness in the movies, there's actually some good fun in the James Bond movies. And that's a franchise that'll keep you busy for ages if you want to watch them all. So I like the James Bond movies. They're great bubblegum for the mind. If you want something a little more cerebral, if you want something that's a little more highbrow, for lack of a better term, 
And honestly, if you want to see some movies that reflect their time really, really well, you can look for the Thin Man movies. The Thin Man movies came out in the 1930s and the 1940s. Nick and Nora Charles were investigators. I've talked about them in the past. I won't spend a lot of time on them because I did talk about them in the past. But there are six Thin Man movies. And Nick and Nora Charles are described as a leisure class couple. Basically, they're a rich white couple, don't have to worry about actually working, and they get to fiddle around playing detective and solving mysteries. But putting that aside, the chemistry between William Powell and Myrna Loy, the stars of the movies, is really, really good. The dialogue is funny. They have puns and references that are just interesting to watch and listen to. The plot twists are kind of cool. You have to think a little about the movies. And as I said, there's six Thin Man movies from 1934 to 1947. So if you can get your hands on those or you can find them on demand, yeah, definitely dig into the Thin Man movies. There's also another franchise from about that same period. They put out movies from 1938 to 1950. I've mentioned them before. I'm going to mention them again today. You can find the movies on Amazon. You can find them on some of the old movie channels that are out there. You can obviously buy DVDs if you're really interested. Do you remember the Blondie comic strip? The Blondie comic strip was in the Sunday paper every week that I was growing up. And I always loved Blondie. Blondie was the sensible housewife, Dagwood was the goofy husband, always getting in trouble, always making giant sandwiches, always getting fired. I don't know why I like Blondie so much, but I did. I like Blondie. When I was a kid, I discovered that they had Blondie movies. They would come on on Saturday mornings or Sunday mornings. It was always good weekend entertainment, and they were fun to watch, at least for little kid gamer dude. So I remembered that there was a lot of Blondie movies, and I did some research on it. Do you know how many Blondie movies they made between 1938 and 1950? They made 28 movies. 28 movies in the Blondie franchise. And it was always the same thing. Dagwood would get in trouble, Blondie would save him, and hilarity would ensue somewhere along the line. I mean, there's a long history to Blondie. It started as a comic strip way back in the 30s. And the comic strip evolved. Actually, Blondie was more of a showgirl who met a rich young guy. And then as the comic strip evolved, Blondie became more of the sensible one, and Dagwood became the goofball. And so they carried that into the movies. They also carried it into a radio program. This is before TV. These days, it would be a TV show on Netflix. But back in those days, they turned it into a radio show. So they had the comic strip, they had the movies, they had the radio show. Blondie was everywhere, from the 30s to the 50s. And that's why they made 28 movies. Now, I'm not trying to say the Blondie movies were great cinema. They're not. They're goofy stuff. You know what they are? They are the sitcoms of their day. That's why they made so many of those movies. Don't forget there was no TV. You didn't have Three's Company or Mom or All in the Family popping up on your TV every week. Yeah, you had your radio programs, but if you wanted to see the characters, you had to go to the movies to see them. And that's why they cranked out so many of the movies. They had three different Blondie movies come out in 1939. They had three more come out in 1940. They missed one in 1941. Only two came out. Then three more in 1942. And so on. For the next 12 years. 28 movies! And that's because people went and watched them. And I guess that's why a franchise exists, because people keep going and watching the same movies, because they like the characters, they like the stories, they like the world they live in, so they keep going and visiting those characters in that world. And I get that. That's why we watch television. We like to visit the characters that we like in the world we like to see them in. It makes perfect sense. Now, there's a lot of franchises that I haven't even mentioned. I'm sure if you sit down, you can come up with a dozen that I didn't include in this list. Because when I was compiling this list, I was really surprised at how many franchises there actually are out there. And so this is by no means a comprehensive list. 
but I did want to include some of my favorites on it, and this list would not be complete without this franchise. I'm going to leave you with one of my favorite franchises. It's dated. It's politically incorrect. It's one where if the guy in the franchise acted the way he did then, now, he'd probably be in jail. But if you've never watched the Dirty Harry movies, there's a franchise that people forget about, but that spawned five movies, all starring Dirty Harry Callahan. That's Clint Eastwood. He started in 1973 and made movies through the 80s. There are five Dirty Harry movies out there, and they perfected the concept of the alienated cop, that lone ranger, that vigilante type, the one who did what he wanted to do and got the job done however he thought was appropriate. I mean, they highlighted his violence, his breaking the rules, his ruthless methods. He didn't care how he got the bad guy, he just wanted to get the bad guy. So if you want a flavor of cop movies in the 70s and the 80s, and if you want to see the movies where they really first started coming up with taglines for the character, I think the Dirty Harry movies are the place to start. You have Dirty Harry, you have Magnum Force, you have The Enforcer, you have Sudden Impact, and you have The Deadpool. And The Deadpool is the last one that Clint Eastwood made because he thought, and I give him credit for this, he thought that he was too old to keep playing the character. So he stopped making Dirty Harry movies. But the Dirty Harry movies are the ones where you have your hero spout off that wisecrack or snarky line that became the catchphrase for the movie. With Dirty Harry, it was, do you feel lucky? With Magnum Force, it was, a man's got to know his limitations. With Sudden Impact, it was, go ahead, make my day. I mean, those were iconic lines for those movies. And quite honestly, they're still around. You can still hear people use those catchphrases. That's how iconic some of those lines from the Dirty Harry franchise were. And I think Dirty Harry is really the first character to be the one with a catchphrase. If Dirty Harry hadn't said, Do you feel lucky? Then John McClane never would have said, Yippee-ki-yay. And as far as iconic lines are concerned, one of my favorites from Dirty Harry, it's not really a catchphrase, it's too long to be a catchphrase, but there are some things that Dirty Harry said that were just perfect for the character and just epitomized the entire franchise. And this is one of my favorite lines. When a naked man is chasing a woman through an alley with a butcher's knife and a heart on, I figure he isn't out collecting for the Red Cross. They don't write lines like that anymore. So there you have a list of movie franchises you can dig into if you want to. And believe me, that doesn't even scratch the surface of how many movie franchises there are out there. There's a ton of them. But I've watched movies from most of the ones that I've mentioned. I mean, I never saw a Harry Potter movie. I never saw a Medea movie. But they're out there, so I want to acknowledge them. They're huge. Harry Potter more so than Medea, of course. But they're still huge franchises. So now, if you want to expand your movie-watching catalog, you have something to look for. So go ahead, dig in, enjoy. That's what movies are supposed to be about. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being a part of things. As always, I truly appreciate your time, and I can't thank you enough for all the support you give me. You guys take care of yourselves. And until next time, I'll see you when I see you.